everybody. Welcome to Women at Warp. Join us as our crew of four women Star Trek fans boldly goes where no fangirl has gone before. Into the internet. <laughs> scary place out there, let me tell you. Anyway, welcome to our supplemental episode. I'm Grace, and here with me today are my co-hosts, Andy. Hi, everyone. Jara. There's a man. He's in a trap. And of course, <laughs> you. Happy birthday, Star Trek. Today, to celebrate Star Trek's 50th anniversary, we are doing a watch-through commentary on The Man Trap. Dun-dun-dun. <laughs> yeah, The Man I mean, Trap, the first official episode of Star Trek. Yeah, sixth in production order, but first to air this day 50 years ago. If, if you are listening to this episode on September 8th, which is our intention. Please do. Please do for the full experience. Also, listen to it on the Equinox, and you will get satanic messages about where we've hidden our gold. No, you won't. Yes, you will. <laughs> Absolutely will. I feel like that was very Parks and Rec just now. <laughs> Correcting Grace is very Parks and Rec. Okay, so are we all ready? Yeah, so we are, I think, are we all watching on Netflix? Yes. I actually put in the DVD. Amazing. I know. Physical media. What? So we're all going to hit play at the same time. We're going to count down so you can hit play with us. And then we're going to live comment on this episode. And hopefully it'll be better than we when we watch Nemesis because we won't have to watch Nemesis. I, yeah, that's always a high point, isn't I it? I think Not it's watching Nemesis? fairly safe to say that 50 years ago, Star Trek did something better than Nemesis. <laughs> Burn. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, it's. It's pretty exciting. Star Trek's old, you guys, but like in a good way because like your Nana or that really rundown diner that makes good pancakes. Yeah, in a good way, or or a bottle of of really old wine. All right, are are we ready? Yes. Are we all queued up? Well, oh, so I will say before we go into this that an early title for this episode was "Damsel with a Dulcimer." Awesome. I kind of like that title better because. We don't really hear the word dulcimer used enough. No, and we at Women at Warp are really big alliteration fans, obviously. It's if true. you don't hear the word dulcimer used enough, then you don't go to enough Renaissance fairs. I don't go to enough Renaissance fairs, you're right. Well, dulcimer, 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 there you're set for the year. Bravo. All right. Count us down, Grace, to September 8th, 1966. We're going... Back in time via Netflix. We're adjusting the vertical and the horizontal knobs on our TVs. We are boldly going where many, many television viewers have gone before. Reruns. And three, two, a one, a go. Oh, the oh, Enterprise. Enterprise in this one. <laughs> Look, it's a planet. Fun fact, uh, the visual of the planet from orbit is reused footage previously representing planet Alpha 177 in The Enemy Within, and was also used in like eight or nine other episodes that I will mention if we get a lull. For sure, <laughs> they really do visit the same planet a lot, don't they? And none of them have any kind of like structure when you see them from space. No, it's weird. They're all uninhabited, I guess. Okay, Crater is a great last name. <laughs> I know, but you just know she got called Craterface in grade school. <laughs> well, I guess, uh, so he's Robert Crater, wife's Nancy Crater. 
Maybe he okay, so he got called Crater Face. Yeah. Maybe they just it's when they not going to work as a cat nine tails, Kirk. <laughs> I like that everything is a big blocky square, and there's this random gargoyle. I know. Oh, that's a dope gargoyle. What's it doing here? Doesn't really go with the aesthetic. So, do you think like the craters brought it with them? Maybe you know, like how some people have novelty mailboxes. They've got a novelty gargoyle. Yeah, on their ruin house. He's cute. Whoa. Yeah. Dude. Hello, Ensign. <laughs> Too bad he's definitely going to die. Oh, but he's yeah, in totally. blue. I don't care. That that kid's got death marked all over him. <laughs> would would we know like in the frighter you can see his number on his forehead, the order that he'll die in the episode. Okay, so if we had never seen Star Trek before, though, we wouldn't know he was going to die. We oh, would no, know that. I have like, good sense for these things. Okay. Uh, we got, like, a Vaseline lens close-up of his boyish good looks. He's going to die. <sighs> oh, bones. That is one weird jumper. It is I interesting. It's interesting how she doesn't appear super young to Kirk because we know that she doesn't look like either of those like she but I guess they couldn't yeah. show us right away what she did actually appear like yeah how do you do yeah. and he likes a bouffanted blonde mm-hmm. who doesn't he looks super cute at all other times except for when he's ser- staring slack jawed at the blonde <laughs> that happens so much in the original series <laughs> it, yes it does is anyone else digging her uh, her burlap apron dress? Mm-hmm. I think it's pretty great. With super wide leg shorts. Yeah. Like culottes. Mm-hmm. It's like shiny burlap. Yeah. So, I mean, this was the, the first episode that was aired. It's interesting that it's a McCoy-centric episode. I mean, it was kind of the process of elimination that just none of the other episodes were deemed kind of quite right to be the... The first stamp, it's like this considered it's a, a fairly straightforward story, but interesting given like McCoy wasn't even in the first two pilots. God, do you think anyone else like started watching this episode and was like, oh, so this this entire show is about a surly space doctor? <laughs> like someone thought he was the main character? That dude knows how to lean. <laughs> I would watch the crap out of the surly space doctor show. Why isn't that a show already? <laughs> it's like House in Space. Oh my god, yes. <laughs> space House. The space. final frontier. Where we keep our space house. <laughs> it's not lupus. I'm in love with Wilson, but because of TV censors, I'll have a new love interest every couple seasons or so, but no one's really gonna go for it, because let's face it, we have the best chemistry on the show. And then I'm going to stalk Cuddy, and it's going to be weird. (laughs) Too specific there. I think that you should offer your talents as a duo to sing people's credits for them now. (laughs) Yeah, okay. Like they used to do at the end of Whose Line? 
I do think they do a good job of making it look super alien. That does not look like Earth, you know? No. And again, Star Trek always has some beautiful matte paintings for its backgrounds. And great use of lighting for making these alien skies. Professor Crater. What is that? What is he wearing? What is that? Uh, It looks like jockers, but they take up his entire outfit. Hmm. It's like displeasing a, to the eye. It's a it's a onesie, a job per onesie. <laughs> it's awful. Wow. You know we we talk a lot about the clothes, but how can you not? How can you not? <laughs> how it's can one of my favorite not? things about the original series is just how. The the clothes are always ridiculous. Even when they they're awesome, they're still ridiculous. Like Cloud Princess's dress mm-hmm. is amazing, but it's what is that dress? But so are the uniforms that we see every episode. That's the fun of it, though. Everything is ridiculous. It's just a sliding scale of how stylishly ridiculous it is. That is negative ten style. <laughs> oh my god, you guys! Wouldn't it be great if you could get like Anna Wintour? It looks like velour to do audio commentary on Star Trek and just silently suffer the whole time. Okay, well everything else was velour, but yeah. the like the Enterprise outfits were. But I don't know. It looks I don't know, it looks like more cottony. I wonder if they're. It's because you know, like you're supposed to think that at the beginning, maybe he just has an aversion to technology because he's resenting the Enterprise showing up and directing his work, right. even though he's a researcher. Apparently, an early script had him driving a futuristic tractor around the site. I would have loved to see space tractor. I think it's really interesting how McCoy is using the medical tricorder here. Yeah. (laughs) And, like, rubbing it on the guy. (laughs) Just a little lower, McCoy. That definitely changed. (laughs) He's also not looking at the readouts at all. He's just kind of, like, swinging it around his collarbone. He really doesn't care how well this dude is doing. He's more interested in his wife. I like that McCoy gets, like, offended that Kirk says she's not 25. <laughs> Everyone knows a handsome woman means not really that hot in this era of language. Actually, even now, if you call someone a handsome woman, most people don't really... It's not necessarily an insult, but it... I don't know. I think of myself as a handsome-looking woman. It's a phrase that I like to think of as, you know, you're you're a young lady who's hale and hearty. Oh, futuristic See, for me, depressor. it's like, it's Kirk saying she's aesthetically pleasing, but I'm not attracted to her, so yeah. don't get upset. Yeah. yeah. Well, and he's saying she looks older. With great boots. Also, that belt. Did we ever Whoa. see him wearing that belt again? See, he's dead. I wonder yeah. who could have seen that coming. He had silly putty in his mouth, though. Yeah, and so I like also how McCoy ran to Nancy before checking out to see if he was dead. Or did I just misread that? Uh, I think you're right. Yeah, that's pretty Everyone's accurate. so sweating to see you now. Also, my subtitles 
I don't know about you, but it's like, I want to know what happened from Kirk. Like, W-A-N-N-A. And I'm like, yes. You wanna. Wanna. Are you gonna tell us? I don't trust her. Mm. I don't generally trust anyone leering over the body of a dead crewman. When no one else was around. Yeah, totally. We also already know... We also already know the title's called The Man Trap. And we also know that she's shady because everybody's looking at her and seeing something else. And we've seen her that she's not what she appears to be. So are they going to go for it that he just showed up and started eating shit on the ground that he found? And then fell? Yeah. he Is that something they teach you in Starfleet? Just eat, eat whatever you find on the ground. <laughs> You'd think it was for how often it happens. Right? God, this guy's not only a... He he has an aversion to technology and pomade, apparently. They're both shady. They're, she's a shady lady, and he's her shady beau. He's got some really well-defined cheeks, though. <laughs> Uhura. Hey, girl. Hey, girl. Hey. Oh, those hoops. Hey, look. Uhura's into Spock. And if you don't see that, I don't know what's wrong with you. <laughs> From episode one. This is the who? TV public's first viewing of Spock right here. Who could blame her? Look how cute he is. Although I would not be able to keep myself logical if Uhura was looking at me like that. <laughs> also, can we... Can we point out that when you were talking about Spock, you vaguely went into Jewish grandmother voice, like, oh, such a cutie, this one. <laughs> he is, though. I get a logical all over him. <laughs> Oof. What do they feed those boys on Vulcan, I tell ya. I love this scene. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's just so sensual, but not gross. No. But there's also, like, playful. Oh, definitely. I think that's um, a good scene that off the bat gives us a really good sense of the chemistry between the two characters and just kind of what they're both all about. I love it. You explain. (laughs) I also just... I, I'm glad that this is the first episode because I think it introduces Zuhura in a really good way. The uh, episode, uh, well, there's the uh, two episodes that they filmed before where she's in the gold dresses. I don't think she has quite as as good scenes. Mm. <laughs> also, the plant name is kind of a hint to shady ladies, isn't it? The nightshade? No, the, the, the Borgia. Oh, yes. Borgia. Borgia. Yeah. You have to really be impressed with how well they predicted the technology. 
That is really cool. Mm. But and then some of the it, of it not being predicted so much as emulated by. Uh, yeah, that's what I was going to say. Is yeah. like it's kind of intertwined. Like they were like, we want to cool. see what we saw on Star Trek. So here's your flip phone. It's pretty damn cool either way. Yeah. Also, what's with that red shadow in the TV screen? It looks like there's like a stout little red riding hood in the corner. Getting reflected. Uh, are they going to make the dead body do calisthenics? Good God, I hope so. Turn him into crewman weekend at Bernie's. <laughs> hmm. Crewman W. Bernie's. And Kirk's just like... Why is Kirk yelling at him? Dang. Okay, seriously, I don't know. I think Kirk's justified. Like, if you're the doctor and you're... No, but he's like, I've lost a man and you're just talking about how beautiful this lady is. Yeah, I guess it is pretty understandable for him to be like, for God's sake, like, get you're together, the doctor, man. And you can't talk about something more serious right now. Because, <laughs> I yeah, well. What is your no. damage, boy? He's distracted by the pretty lady. I mean, it is... Because God knows that's never happened to Kirk before and never will again. <laughs> it is... Uh, oh! Oh my gosh, she's gorgeous. Also, uh, was Kirk drinking out of a silver Dixie cup? I'm pretty sure it was styrofoam spray-painted silver. Oh god. That is poisonous. They have a cure for lead poisoning in the future, right? Also, are Uhura's nails painted to match her earrings? Like, are they also that neon green color? They're definitely a pastel, and I'm digging it. Oh, Spock has an earphone, too. It looks really weird on him. I yeah, don't does. even remember ever seeing that. I love the lighting. I do, too. The lighting is so beautiful. And, you know, reading These Are the Voyages, it's just super interesting to read about the, the guy who did the lighting. I don't remember his name right now. Uh, sorry, guy. Um, but he was, <laughs> like, not at all typical for TV lighting and kept getting people being like, but that's not how you're supposed to light TV. And he's like, no, but it's right. How can you not see that? And I'm like, so glad they just let him just go wild on the light because... The angles are so interesting and where he places the shadows and everything's so vibrant. So good. Yeah, TOS is definitely super colorful. Which I miss. Um, there really is a whole weird thing with science fiction's progression where it gets weirdly less colorful the further on it goes. I know this isn't what we're talking about, but I've been watching The Expanse. Yep. Oh, how is it? Right? It's pretty good. But like visually, it's brown. Yeah, you get that a lot <laughs> with contemporary sci-fi. A very, black. very black. White. chromatic color palette. Yeah, look at all of the way that the shadows fall, and it makes the the scene look so dense and like almost three D. I think that's really the best way they could have done it with these, you know, let's face it, pretty cheap sets they had. That may, gives it the whole thing a really interesting depth and dimension. Mm -hmm. Well, oh, definitely. It, it makes it look very theatrical. Yeah, exactly. And at this point, it was really important for Star Trek to be this brightly colored because it, not everyone actually had color TV, but Star Trek was one of the main shows that was used in advertising for color TV. Oh, interesting. 
I'm glad we always have Jeraram for facts. But, like, even Enterprise is less colorful than Voyager with, like, got the just, like, small stripes of colors and mm-hmm. mostly blue and gray. Here's hoping that Brian Fuller was like, hey, you know what I really liked? How colorful TOS was. Let's do that again. Well, I've said it before and I'll say it again. If there's anyone who seems to really make the most out of their production designers that they've had. Oh, my gosh. Brian Fuller. Just look out pushing daisies. And look pushing daisies. Man. Okay. Look Hannibal. And Hannibal together. Is the wide range you get there. It's fantastic. The cinematography on Hannibal is the best I've ever seen for TV. Like, the best. And let's face it, both of them are really different shows, but both of them are in their own way a a feast for the senses. (laughs) They also both have very strong aesthetics. Like, you turn it on, you see it immediately, and you just know what show it is. Like, nothing looks like Pushing Daisies. Anyways, you guys should watch those shows if you haven't yet. Also, the made-for-TV version of Carrie, he did. It's surprisingly good. Because I've seen every version of Carrie ever made. Baller. Mmm, salt. I will never understand the basic premise of this this episode. Why don't they just give her some salt? I don't know, but the just bit with McCoy going salt. Well, they've given her a lot of salt. Well, and they uh, haven't established replicators at this point. I don't know if they had that in the Bible that they were for sure going to have replicators, but we don't know that they could just replicate enough salt. Or just find a planet that's made of salt rocks. Yeah. Just, it just feels like there are some solutions here that were not explored. Oh, man. Then, then they'd be totally fine to just lick things they found on the ground. just salt salt everything is salt so i guess we could say that this guy was he really he he's wearing some sort of horrible pajamas (laughs) i hate them so much every time i see it i get angry he looks like one of the factory workers from metropolis but even sadder somehow fashion wise it is kind of interesting that they put him in gray and her in beige. I don't know. I kind of like it. it um, putting them both in different shades of neutrals. Yeah, no, that's what I ambiguity mean. and stuff there. Yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a big contrast from the rest of the colors. Yeah. I like the shapes in this episode. Green, green. Oh, shady face. <laughs> shady lady. Oh. Yep. <laughs> I, I can never get over how much they look like lipstick marks. <laughs> Maybe that was on purpose. Yeah. But, like, that rock looks like it should fall. I really like the way everything's just tilted. Mm-hmm. That reminds me, um, big tangent, there's actually some really cool stuff you can look into about the aesthetic designs of uh, places that they try to make fearful on purpose. It's this whole thing right now where they're trying to figure out where they could store uh, nuclear waste in places where a post-human society, if they were to find them, would be like, oh, this is a bad, scary place, we should stay away. It's a really interesting thing. 
I definitely think it's worth looking into for all you nerds out there listening. Let's face it, they're all nerds. Mm-hmm. That's why we love them. Stop thinking with your glands bones. <laughs> what do you think with? I, well, this is the... Uh, like. Has Have they talked about glands between this and the episode where Jordy tells Wesley about glands? <laughs> Oh, right. I also love is every close up of the switchboards. It looks like everything's made of Bakelite. So glad it's not Kyle. Not Kyle. (laughs) He'd start singing. O'Reilly isn't here. Oh, Green is so sketchy. And it makes (laughs) you be like. That guy just hanging out in the doorway waiting for Kirk to walk by. (laughs) (laughs) See, now that is a camera move that would not have happened on most TV shows back then. Very good. Mm -mm. The way it swung around. Super cool. I just like that they were trying new things. Oh, God, she's she's got the salt shaker. (laughs) Wait, really want that salt? (laughs) I love how she's just eating from the tray. Yeah, she's like, let me bring the captain his food, but first let me taste it. She gets a snack first. <laughs> I just realized who he looks like, though, guys. He looks like super creeper version of new Chekhov. Oh. Well, and that's the thing is, like, him following Rand around is is definitely, like, something that feels creepy. And it, it does have, like, sexual overtones, just like the, like, Nancy Crater preying on these men does. I meant more in the sense that he's really sweaty and creepy looking. Yeah, like literally how could <laughs> But also has boyish good looks and curly hair. He's just looking over her shoulder like a weirdo. He's a super weirdo. Like I don't now know. Now he's I in a shadow. <laughs> and then all those guys are like, yeah, let's sexually harass her. What what's his deal? He looks weird. What's he doing <laughs> not sexually harassing the blonde? What's his deal? Oh, I forgot about those weird blue coveralls. Yes! This is another thing I hope from the new series, Puppets. Uh, So apparently the uh, puppeteer who was playing Bogard the plant would uh, try and reach the puppet hand under Rand's skirt while they were filming this too. Uh <sighs> she just... is it with pervy puppeteers? Well, Grace Lee Whitney was telling it like this was a humorous story for what it's worth, but still just a little gross. She that Put up puppet with a lot. Is, that, yes. that puppet is so clearly just a fancy glove. Yeah. <laughs> like I still love it. So I still clearly love a hand. everything about that scene. Like, could you, you could not be, you could not telegraph you're a bad guy. Like, look at, look at him lurching around. I know. Like, <laughs> 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 That's the sound that he makes. Like, if I was Sulu, I would have just w- pulled out my phaser right there. I want to know more about Sulu and his plants. <laughs> George Chiquet is just like, what's this deal? I love that he's got all those spray bottles of Kool-Aid on the table also. Okay, and what were those, like, celery topped with beet shavings or something? Looks like a... 
That puppet is freaking out. You know what? You know what? I never thought I'd say this, but I really want this plant and like Morticia's giant plant from the Adams family to hang out together and be friends. I, I love that the plant scared the bad guy away. I you guys, I want to cosplay oh. Beauregard. You guys, the plant has more intuition than any Enterprise crew member that encountered <laughs> Green. The plant deserves a commission. <laughs> Also, can we copyright the phrase space happy? (laughs) (laughs) Woman. And then Uhura's like, oh, you guys. Ooh. Oh, hello. Ah, those dorks. See, I, w- I, I feel like this is a missed opportunity to um, make it be Spock. <laughs> that we talked fun. about this with Angelique when he talked about Uhura, about how they let her have a sexuality right off the bat. Mm-hmm. That dude's got some intense eyes, though. Apparently it was Roddenberry's idea to have this guy speak Swahili to Uhura. Although my subtitles say speaking foreign language. But um, he they actually... They use Swahili a lot, don't they? Yeah, but what he's actually saying is, how are you, friend? I think of you, beautiful lady. You should never know loneliness. She shouldn't. Look at that face. Look at that cat eye. She has the most perfect cat eye that has ever cat eyed. She has better cat eye than my cats. <laughs> Why is his I'm coming close to you look like I'm gonna strangle you? Because he's gonna. No, he's gonna suck the salt out of her body. Also, can we appreciate that, she, that they said goodbye to the plants? <laughs> yes. I'm calling the plant Lieutenant Beauregard from now on. Okay. Deserves it. Deserves it. Lieutenant Beauregard and Officer Livingston, they go on adventures together. Yes. <laughs> what is and this finger-biting thing that's happening? They fight Audrey, too. <laughs> and again, we have to get Cleopatra from the Adams family in there. Yeah. Mm. Seriously, I cannot get over the lighting. Okay, McCoy in that shirt, though, is pretty cute. Uh, yes. <laughs> Those are good arms to have, as Buffy that- would say. DeForest Kelly. I I feel like terrible Star Trek pickup line. Are you a salt fire or salt vampire? Because you look like someone I've been dreaming about. Mm. Or are you a salt vampire? Because I really want you to rub your face all over me. (laughs) (laughs) Granted, yours is a lot more subtle. (laughs) Subtlety is overrated. Are you a guy? What is that guy wearing? (laughs) It's like bubble wrap and (laughs) tinfoil. And Kirk's eating fruit snacks. (laughs) That is fancy fruit snacks. And I'm not sharing. (laughs) (laughs) I love that plate. That little plate. With his snacks, yeah, and, his he... fa- and the woman's just standing there, ready to take it from him. <laughs> Are you done with your tiny plate, sir? Readily available. 
Uh, That's how I'm going to eat fruit snacks from now on. (laughs) (laughs) On a tiny plate, arranged artfully in concentric circles. Leonard McCoy. Those are some retro nameplates. Oh, hi. Oh, no, she looks old now. My world is shattered. (laughs) Does her weird jumper have a hood? It does look like it does, yes. Huh. It makes me sad how McCoy's just, like, seems legit. Yeah, okay. (laughs) That seems reasonable. Well, it's like (laughs) all the women in Trek that fall for bad guys, like Marla and... What's her face? Palamis, and I guess debatably not as much a bad guy, but like seduced. You're as bad as Jim Kirk. What are those? Like those little cinnamon bites? Take the red pill, McCoy. <laughs> no! <laughs> Don't do it! What? <laughs> what? <laughs> oh, bubble wrap guy! No! <laughs> I know. Another freshman p- falls prey to prom night. <laughs> like how Rand just looks weirdly grossed out. That's how I would look, to be honest. Yeah. What is his deal? <laughs> okay, you could have killed him before this part, probably. Wait, so she's just sitting there stroking his chin, and at no point when he's saying your husband, does he think, oh, wait, she's married. This is kind of weird, isn't it? Oh, Uh, McCoy. Also, I love that his bookends above his bed are just angry heads. (laughs) (laughs) But when he's lying down, it's a total of three angry heads. He's also got a pretty neat plant in the corner. You can't see it in this frame. (laughs) <laughs> was she about to lick, lick his, his sweat? sweat? Yeah. yeah. Ew. <laughs> yeah, see that plant. Hey guys, mm. hey guys, hey guys. I knew, I always knew that McCoy was salty, but that's ridiculous. What is that? I really wanted it to just pan over to a window of just Kirk standing there looking angrily through it. Oh, no. I love these long pans, though. Yeah. Wait, so the thing McCoy wants the most is McCoy? No, he's just taking his form. So this was directed by Mark Daniels, um, who did a lot of the uh, TOS episodes. And definitely, I think you're right. There's uh, some nice shots in here. Have Kirk and Spock just been wandering around on the planet this whole time? Yeah. Apparently it was originally supposed to be Scotty, and then Roddenberry was like, need more Spock. (laughs) And so Scotty isn't in this episode. I think a lot of people would agree with that. Need more Spock. Look, they've just got another stray statue there. 
So in the motion picture, I was watching the motion picture and I was enjoying it. And I was like, look at all these cool establishing shots. Oh, here's some more. Cool. Um, and then there was, okay, I, there needs to be more Spock. And literally the second I thought that, the door opened and Spock came onto screen. And I was just like, yes, <laughs> they perfectly judged how long I can go without Spock. <laughs> I like how he looks like he's got a third hand coming out from under his ass there on the ground. <laughs> it's it's turned that way, so you know he's dead. <laughs> but this isn't, you know, Shatner doesn't get a ton to do as Kirk in this episode, so it really is, it's very much a McCoy episode. I mean, Kirk has some compelling scenes, but it, it's certainly not like even where No Man Has Gone Before or like the cage was for Pike, where it really sets up the captain as the centerpiece. Yeah, and we get a lot more of Sulu and Uhura than we mm-hmm. normally get. Mm-hmm. It's a pretty good ensemble episode. But it was chosen because it was scarier, I guess, and cool. and more like exciting. Oh, there's a woman in pants. Oh, wait, no. Apparently wait. somewhere in here there's a woman in pants. I yeah, was- she just walked yeah, by. Yeah, she oh. just walked by. Because um, it was from an earlier episode that was filmed. But, like, um, apparently Robert Justman really wanted the first episode to be the naked time because he thought it would introduce the characters, but it was deemed, like, a little risque and also, I think, would have maybe misintroduced the characters. Mm. Um, Mud's Women was another one that was kind of deemed too risque for the first episode. Um... <laughs> Is he crawling on the ground right now? I'm sorry. Yeah. Yep. Oh, but also, yep. that, that pillar wasn't supporting those <laughs> other two things. They can just, I guess if they're styrofoam, they can just stay up. Oh, that lion. I love that shot with the lion in it. Mm-hmm. He's got a lion in his pocket, and baby, it's ready to roar. <laughs> <laughs> what? I'm sorry, Jerry, you were talking about oh, the other okay. possible saying, pilots. Uh, Corvomite Maneuver wasn't finished, and Where No Man Has Gone Before was determined to be like too cerebral. So um, this one was considered more of a kind of conventional action adventure. I don't think it's bad for a pilot, but I think Where No Man Has Gone Before would be a better one for Star Trek. I don't know. I feel like Corbomite Maneuver, had it been ready, would have been pretty great. I mean, yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. yeah. It's a favorite of mine, but. Yeah. Well, and it would, would have been a little bit weird if you saw this and then you had the future episodes where, like, Uhur's in a different color outfit and there's a different doctor for one episode and Rand's not in it. Yeah. Um, so the stuff would have gone, like, backwards for a little bit. Which does kind of happen with where no man has gone before. DeForest Kelly his eyes are ridiculous he's so good wow (laughs) that is a piece of maneuvers he's running away from an alligator you guys or is it a crocodile running a zigzag pattern serpentine serpentine (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> How did they lose this one guy? Oh, wait, they're trying to go around him so that Kirk can Kirk foo him? Is that what's happening here? <laughs> so much of this is unnecessary, and it's oh amazing. Oh my god, why? <laughs> A little crab skull. It's so great. I love it. 
More, please. I love that they, like, Spock is taking cover behind what looks like grass. <laughs> uh, can they put their communicators on silent or vibrate? Because, like, what if they were trying to sneak up on this guy and then it's like, beep, beep, beep. Oh, my God. What do you think their ringtones would Whoa. be? <laughs> oh, special effects. That was excellent flanking, Kirk. Good cr- good, good flanking. I like that this guy's been shot, and again, he just looks a little inconvenienced by it. Well, they put it on the lowest st- stun setting or whatever. Which is just the equivalent of being lightly pushed, I guess. <laughs> no, wait, I got it. Fox Ringtone. Logical song by Supertramp. <laughs> He doesn't get it. He just knows it's logical. Spock's face is so angular. I dig it. They really did a good job of incorporating the ears. Just stunned. <laughs> um, apparently the uh, script the, had like a far bigger moral dilemma around this last of its kind, like the buffalo kind of thing. The important thing at the end of the day is that they use every piece of the Saul vampire. <laughs> and apparently this was like McCoy as, you know, disguised vampire, Saul vampire McCoy reasoning this with the crew, which could have been interesting in an earlier version, instead of him just being evil on the ship. Right. There was something I was reading about how, like, other science fiction shows, this would just be, like, a monster to be killed. Mm -hmm. And that Star Trek was trying to present, like, an alternative side to this, such as, you know, this is an intelligent creature just because it doesn't look like us doesn't mean that it's a monster. But... Yeah. They didn't really stay in the story so much. um, Because I think somebody said that the writers tried to prevent viewers from feeling sympathy for the creature by revealing its true appearance while it was dying. Mm -hmm. Which Mm. is kind of sad. Yeah, and they undercut their own message. No one looks good while they're dying. But um, I think just want to go back a bit to Crater, you know, giving that speech. I mean, first of all, it is also a statement even that you should tell the American people, like the, the white American audience, that you should have regret killing off the buffalo without, mm-hmm. um, or like leading to that situation. Um, that there would be kind of an environmental statement in their cultural These statement. Hands. <sighs> yes. And then, sorry, I just can't get over it. I'm just so impressed because it's so it's early, good. you know. Yeah. Um, and then also the the line that he has where he can't even remember how long it's been since his wife died, like the two years ago or one year ago, or was it two? Um, that it's really powerful about like isolation and the ability mm. to connect out of loneliness, which is like loneliness is reinforced through this, the Swahili and just many points during this script. It really is a recurrent theme. Yeah. 
but it does make you wonder how long has he just been palling around with the salt monster like as his roommate and it makes me think about metamorphosis a little bit which is obviously later on but the one with uh cochran and the cloud energy monster mm-hmm. and uh that whole idea that you 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 need something else to be your companion even if it's something like very strange and potentially dangerous Salt is just part of this guy's hierarchy of needs. <laughs> Plan B. Wife gets killed. Move on to next intelligent being. Salt and then have wacky roommate shenanigans. <laughs> McCoy's taking a really long nap. <laughs> Yeah, did did he take a bunch of those pills that they were recommending? He did. They were on his, I guess, headboard when they panned up. Oh, maybe he took it with scotch or something. He'll be out for a couple days. Kirk looks scary. Mm -hmm. He looks menacing. Yeah. And it's not just his forehead shine. She's saying there are few women like his Nancy or yes. few women like his Nancy. <laughs> he doesn't get along with other women well. Mm-hmm. Aw. Aw, I just want salt and hugs. We talk a lot about how Spock does the eyebrow. McCoy's mm-hmm. eyebrow is underrated. Yeah, no, yeah. It's true. He does that all the time. Mm. It's good. Quality eyebrow. (laughs) I mean, and Kirk doesn't seem to really be taking this argument very seriously at all. No. I mean, it's fair for him to call Crater out. Crater, like, lied to them and led to three people getting killed. But he doesn't really... Kinda, yeah. just a little. He has lost multiple crew members. I mean, how many does he have? Two hundred and something. Less than that, right? What? Uh, what are we talking about? How, how many, many people are on the Enterprise? I thought it was like three hundred. Is it three hundred? Okay. I'm sure they'll tell us. Somebody is already on the internet I can writing hear that. in the comment. These sets are quite impressive. Yeah. Especially since they use the camera so much. So, like, a lot of TV sets, especially at that time, like, were very sparse. And then just kept the camera angle static. Yeah. But, like, the cameras can move in this these sets because they're so (laughs) impressive. just standing there, blocking the way. Kirk's Enterprise had a crew of 430. I was going to say 435, and then I didn't. Now no one will believe me. What? Why did we not just make that a contest? Gas and green blood. Yeah. Oh, and his shirt's kind of up there. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm saying the uniforms are also ridiculous. Uh, The uh, original script had Crater surviving 
to um, mourn the creature. But apparently Gene Roddenberry toned it down. But I think it would have been good. Yeah. <laughs> Do we ever see those like hip- hipster belts again? I like them. Yep. I, I like them too. And then why can't the salt monster figure out how to get it? I mean, I guess maybe it didn't know how to use the transporters, but it can read at people's minds. Like, why? how could it not just get off the ship? Of course, it'll die, won't it? Because it's out of food. Yeah. Getting off the ship. Yeah. Yeah. Also, did anyone else notice that Dr. McCoy has a bunch of upside-down flower pots on his shelf? I did notice that. Ikea's getting weirder every year. That is definitely some futuristic art, man. Ooh. Salt tablets. See? Like, just give her a bunch of salt. I don't get it. That's like when I shake the Temptations bag and the cats come running. (laughs) I gather you mean, like, Temptations is in the cat snack and not the R&B band. Yes. Back, I'd be very concerned. <laughs> the cat They're old at this point. <laughs> My pills! I love that she just, like, tilts them into her mouth and is like, nom, 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 nom. <laughs> and then <laughs> she does the cat hands. <sighs> I Why is Kirk the- frozen? Cause- Magic. Wait, is that what Guinan can do with those hands? I, maybe. Oh my gosh. She's a salt vampire. Or maybe it's just like some kind of technique. <laughs> or Spine is a salt vampire. And what? <laughs> what? What? <laughs> and the reason that she has been able to hold the same form for so long is because she uses all the margarita. <laughs> <laughs> mighty backhand. <laughs> that was the best action I've ever seen that was some great face acting I would feel weird about it if you didn't already know she was like a genderless salt vampire that she's just like getting beat up by one of the main male characters in the first thing but you clearly you clearly already know that it's a thing and it's also not affecting him at all yeah or her at all yeah I love the sucker hands. They're so amazing. Um, and the uh, face was made out of a modified gas mask. Oh, really? Yeah. It I does look it. so sad. I know. I don't think it really undercuts it by seeing it's this ugly monster because it does look so pitiful. But it it kind of undercuts it by Kirk having zero sympathy and then just being like, Crater died, it's time for it to die. And then he kills it instead of... But having McCoy kill it is... It's powerful for his character. It would have been... But it It looks so sad. I think seeing Crater... Does anyone else want a stuffed animal of that? (laughs) Yeah. Mr. Salty! Hey, Sue... How hard would it be to cosplay the salt monster? Um, it would be certainly cumbersome and very hot. 
what would be great is if you could get a crew of like five people and like start a conversation with one of them when they're a beautiful woman and then distract the person you're talking to slowly move her out and bring in this guy dressed as carry around a bag full of wigs and when somebody's not paying attention just put on a gray one and then put on a blonde bouffant <laughs> start speaking to someone in swahili <laughs> then just like follow them around with a creepy stare and suck yep. on your finger <laughs> yeah don't, don't do it with that for real <laughs> i do like the melancholy at the end though yeah I was thinking this about is our the learning buffalo. moment. Because usually this is the moment where they're like, ha ha ha. Yeah, but we don't know that yet. I know, but still, like, seeing it now, it's like, I like mm-hmm. that it ends kind of sad. I appreciate, yeah, for the pilot and considering they did just kill a unique life form. Sorry to bring that downer note there. Sing the credits, Grace. Created and produced by Gene Roddenberry. <laughs> it was first so we could remarry. Alfred Ryder. Before it's Kelly, if that's Kelly, I wouldn't know because it gets him. Oh my god, Bittiscombe is the best last name. <laughs> George Rudder? George Radar. O'Reilly? Raider. Of the Lost Ark? Glen Glen Sound Company. Ooh, hello. She wasn't even in this episode. Yeah, oh. so. So what Desilu. do you think? So that's the man trap. Yeah. Do we feel trapped by it? Do we feel manned by it? How do we feel overall? I like that episode. It's a fun one, yeah. It's yeah, fun. It's got some great character moments. It looks great. It definitely is good that they did like one of the Alien of the Week episodes to, you know, start off to set the tone for the series. I think it does a pretty good job of introducing all of our main characters. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Even though we see some aspects of them that we never see again. <laughs> That's okay. It's a good pilot. The initial concepts of them. Yeah, I'm trying to think. So I agree with you, Andy, that where no man has gone before is, I guess, maybe a bit more of a Star Trek-y message. This one sort of tries, but it's maybe not the most obvious or that it's really trying to get you to think about this bigger ethical dilemma. Mm-hmm. I still think I, I maybe even prefer this to the cage. Even though there's a lot of amazing stuff in the cage, there's also a lot of really problematic stuff with the, like, number one and Colt both secretly wanting to sleep with Pike and the Vina situation. And (laughs) so, like, there's a lot more to the cage. There's a lot more to appreciate, but there's a lot more to have issues with as well. And I'm in some ways... I don't know. I guess I'm in some ways kind of glad this is how it ended up. I'm glad we still got the cage in the menagerie and then also like got released by itself later, but I don't know. I'd agree with that assessment. Sorry, guys. I'm just thinking about the buffalo. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, so sad. Those poor buffalo. Maybe they'll find a home on the space range. (laughs) Planet full of cloned buffalo. And salt monsters. They can live together. Just on planet Salt Lick. <laughs> well, 
Uh, any final thoughts on the episode or the fact that today is the 50th anniversary of Star Trek? Yay, Star Trek! What a long way we've come. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's pretty exciting. This is, I mean, really the fandom's been treating this whole year as the 50th anniversary year, but it is exciting to think, like, it's this is the actual day. And it's been a whole 50 years. And stuff is still going, and I think at an exciting place that it is going to be, things are looking up, at least compared to the relative drought we've had for the past several years. The only thing we really have to judge the Star Trek 50th anniversary against Mm -hmm. is the Doctor Who 50th anniversary. Really? They did it up big, but of course they had the, the new series going for several years before that. So, you know, I think it's... There's been a lot of merchandising and a lot of celebration and a lot of great information out of Mission New York and the new series in the works and the films that have sort of turned around with Beyond, at least in my opinion. And I think it's an exciting time to be a Star Trek fan. And it feels like there is like some renewed interest in in the fandom. And that's pretty awesome. We have the hope that the franchise has been preaching to us for years. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. So should we do our outros and contact information and stuff? Let's do it. Yeah, where can we find you? You can find me at trekkiefeminist.tumblr.com or on Twitter at Penguin. That's J-A-R-R-A-H Penguin. Andy, where can we find you? Easiest place is Twitter at First Time Trek, where I'm live tweeting my first time through Star Trek. Exciting stuff. Sue, where can the, our listeners find you? On the Twitters, I am Spaltor, that's S-P-A-L-T-O-R, and you can also hear me on AnomalyPodcast.com. And you can find me on Twitter at BoneCrusherJank, with a K at the end. This is Women at Warp! We're warping. Womenly. (laughs) (laughs) I had no idea how else to finish it. That was pretty amazing. I will just quickly add that if you want to get in touch with our entire show, you can email us at crew at women at warp.com or comment on Facebook or Twitter or leave us a review on iTunes. And also, I don't think we did this at the beginning. Just a quick reminder about the Women at Warp Patreon. Women at Warp is we are a totally listener supported podcast and we, we love you all for supporting us uh, doing things like reporting from conventions and producing the the show in terms of our equipment and our hosting and things like that so if you have the ability to help us out and you'd like to you can visit patreon.com slash women at warp that's p-a-t-r-e-o-n.com slash women at warp and pledge a small donation and in exchange you get access to some exclusive content and there's some other perks like being able to do join hangouts or suggest topics for episodes and things like that so check it out at patreon.com slash women at warp. Truly, our patrons are the salt that sustains us. Yes. <laughs> Thanks for being our salt. Thank you for being my salt. <laughs> Is that our <laughs> point there? Sure. <laughs> Suura, your last subspace log contained an error in the frequencies column. Mr. Spock, sometimes I think if I hear that word frequency once more, I'll cry.